welcome, welcome, welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you. And boy, <laughs> news dump week for IndyCar for whatever reason. We have, we have a ton to get to. I don't know how we're going to get through everything in this episode. Yeah, we, uh, we got a lot to get to. And so, it was like, it, it's in like a 48 hour span. Yeah, no, it was all, it, it started the week. I'm like, okay, we don't really have a lot. And then you had the Malukas injury and then you had everything happen with Nashville and TV stuff, hybrid news. There's so much. So we'll dive right in as we record on this Thursday evening, February 15th here in the U.S. Thanks to everyone who listens, whether you're in the U.S., Canada, uh, people all around the world. I think like St. Kits and Nevis or really? whatever sometimes. Yeah, there's a listener. You know, Argentina. Very nice. Poland. Uh, Ukraine. You're New just, Zealand, Australia. Just naming off. Now I'm just naming off random countries. But no, I've seen all these all these countries. <laughs> so thanks, thanks to everyone. You're, you're naming off future uh, locales for IndyCar races. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah, ex- expanding the internet. Yeah, which we also had news on international races for IndyCar. So we just, we covered the gauntlet. The only thing we didn't get was third OEM. But yes. we do have news regarding a current OEM, so I guess we can sub that in. So <laughs> <laughs> we have so much. So we'll start. And of course, the the big news of the week, and it's pretty obvious, it's IndyCar moving Nashville away from, well, Nashville and racing on Broadway. The Music City Grand Prix will now move to the Nashville Super Speedway well outside of downtown Nashville on the concrete oval. How far is it outside of town? Um, I've seen anything like, from around an hour drive. Oh, it's it's like, 30, it's like 30 miles, right? Yeah, it's like 30, 30 to 40 miles outside it's of town. shockingly still called that Asheville Super Speedway when it's an hour away. Okay. Yeah. So the move done because of concerns over construction with the Tennessee Titans new stadium and... There's a lot of questions that obviously come about because of that being the move. Again, that stadium is going to take quite some time for it to be built. It's not supposed to open until what, 2028? So Yeah. Uh yeah, this is this is a long time. And again, the season finale moved away from the marquee downtown location including running on Broadway, and a lot of people pointed to how do they make this fit? Where's the paddock go? Well, they now we know why they, they? <laughs> they couldn't figure it out because there was no space uh, with construction concerns and what have you. So I think the, I don't even know where you start with this because there's just so much to pick away. One, I get that IndyCar fans are happy because you add another oval as far as the diehard fans and uh, we're not happy. No, not really. I mean, yes, there's going to be seven ovals. You we'll go back to 2011. Eight races yeah, six ovals. of the final eight. Any car finale on an oval, first time since 2014. But that was at uh, Fontana. The last time it's been at an oval under a mile and a half was Phoenix in 1983, to put that mm. in perspective. And they still plan to have activation in downtown Nashville. Um, Scott Borchetta took over basically this event. There's apparently some change in, in leadership. He took over leadership in December. They couldn't get a firm answer from the NFL on the Titans schedule and whether there could be a conflict with the race. That was among issues, according to uh, Adam Stern. So all this said, not necessarily blaming IndyCar on this, 
but you just wonder who failed in their due diligence first. Because for IndyCar to pull off this race as a season finale, they moved it to the season finale to be a boost for the event. Let's be honest, it was struggling. Um, And you have Broadway involved, so you're somehow you, you apparently, at least we thought, got the clear from you know, the honky tonks and all the, the downtown businesses mm-hmm. along there were impacted by this. Well, it turns out, <laughs> I guess not. We couldn't figure and it I out. Don't, and, and, we don't and have don't details know. on why. Because yeah. all we're hearing is due to construction. But, like, what's that mean? Because I don't even know how much construction they've started on the site for the new stadium. Have they? I mean, is it is it fenced off? I mean, where are we at? Like, wh- what in particular? This almost sounds like an excuse because you read Marshall Pruitt's article on racer.com and I highly suggest it because there's a lot of information in there. And basically, from everything he's hearing and there were rumors that this event was going to completely go away. Yeah, and they were lucky to pull it off at Nashville Super Speedway, which again, is very far away. Very far away. It's not like in the shadow of Nashville. It's it's way far away. The the only positive is it's... it's, uh, yeah, you just take 40 and you go 40 east and you can get there. But the real issue is it's well outside of downtown proper. You're not getting the crowd that you would get at a street race. That's kind of the point, right? But they at least have an easy access point to get there. But the problem is you're going to have more people coming from outside of Nashville, probably to this event. Now that it's moved outside of the city, you're not attracting that crowd, which is kind of the whole point of it. I think the reason why you and I aren't happy with this and why we're confused that so many people seemingly are, at least on social media, is something we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast is you need marquee events on your schedule. And there were three you feel with IndyCar, the 500, Long Beach and Nashville. Those are the trio of really coveted races, coveted events because they may not be the most exciting in terms of you talk Long Beach, you talk Nashville, okay? Uh, But they are huge events in major metropolitan areas that other series would love to have. The Formula One would love to be racing in in the streets of Long Beach. They have before, and they would love to be there again. I imagine NASCAR would eye Nashville. And quite frankly, we'll get to it a little bit. I think the next series to race on the streets of Nashville, Nashville will be NASCAR. But... You and I have talked about the fact that IndyCar lacks these marquee events. You look at Formula One with Vegas, uh, adding that you have you have NASCAR pulling off Chicago and looking into other markets. And while the clash has gotten kind of stale, it sounds like next year they could try it in Mexico, something that IndyCar can't pull off, a race in Mexico. Despite having the most popular driver in the series being what else from Mexico. Yeah, like that's a problem. But here was an event in Nashville. You were going to end the season on the streets of Nashville and then have all your celebratory parties. And it was a, a big event and, and you're in a burgeoning market and it was just a, a, a great setup. And now we're trading it for another oval. And I told you, I can't believe I'm, 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 I'm actually defending a street race over an oval because I used to love ovals, but it's just another race now. And this is one because it's not an oval that's in a very like populated area. It's not Kentucky, you know, bad in terms of there's right, nothing right. around it. But yeah, but it's not Gateway. It's no. not you know in the shadow of of of. Uh, and there's no the massive concert. Well, 
you would think there will be concerts, but now you wonder how does that impact everything? Well, too, is like, is the series renting the Super Speedway? Is is Nashville paying, Nashville Super Speedway paying a sanctioning fee? Is it paid for by the sponsors? I, I haven't seen that. Is it is it a mere rental? Is it a one-year rental? Because if this thing's not getting, if this stadium's not being done until 2028, I can't imagine that, quote-unquote, construction is any better next year or the year after. Um, I, and, and you said it best that it's something about, you know, we know how this goes. Okay. There's an excuse on why a race isn't happening for one year, but the plan is to return. And then we know how this goes. It never comes back. Yes. And, and I guess that's the biggest thing. And I don't know if, again, if IndyCar didn't do their due diligence, I'm not necessarily blaming them. They're just unfortunately impacted by it. If Nashville, uh, you, you know, Music City GP organizers didn't do their due diligence correctly when they announced everything. Here's the one factor you have to keep in mind. Yes, this is a privately funded event. It wasn't using city funds or state funds. They're paying for police and fire and EMS and all those things. They're doing the construction of the, the street course. That was all privately done. So it's not like they were getting tax money to put on the event. However, there was a change in the mayor's office in Nashville in September of last year. So anytime you have politicians change offices for events like this, even in this case where there's no tax money going to it, it does give you pause. And I just wonder if that's an element of this that is playing a bigger role than we think. Well, there's more to the story because what about the the businesses on Broadway that were seemingly on board with this idea that they kind of pushed back when they found out maybe how how long they were going to be inconvenienced with the construction of the track. Now that's going to be what you, you think minimum a month with that thing up with, with putting it together with all the, the barriers and all that stuff. Like that's a long time. And you wonder if they just didn't have the support enough of the support of the city. And I'm talking business at the business level to really kind of profit off this and maybe the 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 spot the other secondary sponsors weren't there and you know a lot of businesses kind of push back and say really we're not going to have our street regular street for five six weeks like i thought this was just a weekend thing but then you find out logistically how long this takes and maybe they're not i I just feel like there's more than just oh construction issues this seems to be the excuse from nathan brown's story indystar.com i think says it all Seemingly basic things like space for teams' transporters and their hospitality units, the potential conflict with the Titans' home game, which is the first thing they cited, local funding approval that would have dragged into April and proper access for local businesses, and Nashville residents were flatly overlooked, Borchetta said Wednesday. Again, Titans Stadium, the timeline, fall of 2027. That's when it's supposed to be complete. Now, that's the current timeline. You know how timelines can change with construction at any given time based on weather, permits, Funding all these things. I mean, we see it in downtown Fort Wayne. There's a place that's finally coming together that sat as a pit for like a year and a half. (laughs) And they're finally the one by headwaters. They're finally. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that was issues with the soil and all that stuff, you know, that construction. But um, yeah, environmental testing that can delay things, too. So you're looking at if 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 the construction is the sole problem with it, which it's not. We've already established that. But if they use that as an excuse, then. The next three years are unavailable for this event, pretty much. Like 25, 26, you can't imagine they do it in 27 time-wise, because when's the race? August? September. September, so you're, you're right around, and you never know if it's going to be a, a Titans game, which is like, 
you can't even get a straight answer from the NFL. That's like probably the NFL is like, go away. Like, what are you just, uh, don't bother us <laughs> with such things. But I just, um, I, I, I don't feel like IndyCar will race on the streets of Nashville again. And I think NASCAR will, because I could, I could see post new stadium, things kind of settle down a little bit and NASCAR comes in and has this great plan, something that we know IndyCar is incapable of doing. And logistically having all, all uh, T's crossed and I's dotted and all that stuff, I could see by the end of this decade, NASCAR rush, running a, a street race in Nashville. Now, ultimately, the question is, so they go to Nashville Super Speedway, what's next? Well, what, what, what makes people think that this event has staying power? Because I think people, are, oh, you know, great, yeah, another oval, this is tremendous. Like, there are no safe ovals on this schedule. Outside of outside Indianapolis. Of Indy. I mean, yeah. So you go Iowa, which we love the setup, but you still need mega musical acts to even get close to a sellout. Milwaukee is, is up for grabs, but it's already failed twice. Gateway is fading. Um, who, what else am I forgetting? Um, Iowa, Milwaukee, Gateway, Indy, Nashville. I mean, I look at it like Gateway's fading. Um, and then Nashville, like super CB, we're like, how many people are going there? It's, it seats about 40,000. I will be shocked if it's half full and, and that doesn't have staying power. So now I don't, I don't understand the excitement that some people have for this event. Um, you're basically to have oval races. You're having two at Iowa, two at Milwaukee to try to pad the schedule a little bit. And now you add event that I just don't think has staying power. It's another oval that plenty of people say they're excited and there are barely anybody there. Now, even Borchetta himself is admitting that IndyCar is unlikely to ever run on lower Broadway. <laughs> I thought I, that was guaranteed. Yeah. Now, but then once again, like, are we, are we throwing too much shade at IndyCars? I, I really think you look at Borchetta as the dude. Like, the dude has been in charge of this. We've had him on the show, right? On the podcast. Uh, no, we had Jason Rittberry on. Yeah, he's still That's part right. of the team. But it's kind of up to him. He's the one that sold all this plan to yeah. IndyCar. But IndyCar bought it hook, line, and sinker that they could pull this off. And then turns out they couldn't. And now you're stuck racing at an oval th- an hour outside of town. And people are so excited about, oh, another oval to the schedule. Like, you, you, you people don't even go to the ovals that are on the schedule now outside of Indy. What are you so excited about? This feels like another Boston, like another... Well, at least they raced a couple times yeah, at Nashville on that's like Boston. True. Uh, like, the, like the proposed race in China, right, yeah. that they talked about. Uh, that's going back to like 2011 or so. Okay, I think for me, it just shows... That once again, whether it's IndyCar's fault or not, they have some sort, they're not completely blameless in this, okay? And while other entities can pull off mega events in the States, we talk about the Chicago Grand Prix, which we say would never happen and it ended up having for, for NASCAR, and then Vegas. Two events that we said they'll never happen. NASCAR will never race on the streets of Chicago, and there is no way Formula One will be able to pull off Vegas. And you know what? Both of them did it. And pretty successful outside of the first practice for, uh, for, for <laughs> yeah. Vegas. Yeah. But IndyCar had this, hey, look at us. We can do these mega events, too. Look at us in Nashville. We struck first here. This is going to be our own. We're going to make it like Long Beach in the, in the Mid-South, in the Upper South type thing. And it's going to be this huge event for years and decades. And 
what we get? Two years? Three? Three. Uh, I just, uh, I, I and and IndyCar fans are just so short-sighted that they see, oh, an, oh another oval, that's great. But the long-term health of the series needs events like Nashville, on the streets of Nashville. And now it's it's gone. And the other issue is, so you move away from a race that's going to look great on TV, that's going to pull off something we didn't think was possible, which, well, it's not. After all, we've learned that. To a 1.33-mile oval, the IndyCar race that previously, 2001 and 2008, not known for very good racing. It's a concrete track, so they're going to have to do Firestone tire testing there to make sure they get everything squared away. And you're looking at a venue that's it's not going to look good on TV. You couple that in with, yeah, it's an oval, but this isn't California Speedway. This isn't Texas Motor Speedway. It's Nashville Super Speedway. And it's you a, just hope they can figure out a good package for that track. It's just kind of like a cookie cutter mile and a half is basically what it is. I mean, you look at it and and I, I'm sorry, I don't have confidence in IndyCar in, in a short amount of time being able to put together a quote unquote competitive package. Now, the good news is uh, the series formerly known as Indy Lights (laughs) will participate on uh, the Nashville Super Speedway Oval for their season now. So that will be cool because you could have, you know, 20, 22 cars competing on a big oval, at least the biggest oval they compete on anymore. That's at least entertaining. And it gives, again, the other problem with a lot of these oval tracks is they just don't have enough support series. That's why street races and, and road course races work for IndyCar. You have constant on-track action between, you know, the Road to Indy series, between stadium super trucks, between Trans Am, like they did in Nashville. You can have, you know, like the, the what, the Ferrari Challenge or whatever. Yeah. Like, there are plenty of series that you can run on road courses and street courses. Not Obviously, IMSA at some of them as well. But Nashville, at least they're going to have lights. So... And I'm talking indie lights, right. not indie lights. Not, yeah, this will not be run at night because you'll be competing against the NFL. But man, I mean, you look at it is is it's in the middle of it's 30 miles away. It's it's not really by any major metropolitan area. Um, it's in Lebanon, Tennessee, which I think is small. And um, Lebanon, Lebanon, sorry, Lebanon. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the Midwest, you know, I don't need to know, know my upper south, but you do it on a Sunday that potentially could be a titans game or at the very least the titans will probably play on sunday yes so how's that going to factor in how many people are really making that trip in mid-september it sounds good now but kids are back to school nfl is just getting started what it'll be week three for the nfl uh week two week two yeah because it'll be two that's two weeks removed from uh, labor day yeah week two so i'm just like i don't know if if IndyCar I think got twenty thousand for this race, I think it'd be phenomenal. I don't think they're getting twenty thousand people, and uh, I I know <laughs> this is like uh, it was tough to be on social media because even the drivers, you know, are are, are trying to promote. Oh, this is gonna be so exciting and blah blah blah. But you kind of think like they know that this they know this is a significant step down in terms of event. Unless you're a Penske driver, you know you have a good chance to That's win. That's true. <laughs> they dominate short oval. And here's the thing. People will say, well, Nashville was a crash fest and blah, blah, blah. didn't race well. That's not the point. The point is it was a marquee event. Okay. And some of the worst 
races are at some of the marquee events. Like uh, Cup at, on the streets of Chicago. That wasn't that wasn't very exciting, but it was a huge event. I mean, I mean it was exciting because of the SVG winning. Yeah, and you know you had rain and just it's just chaotic all it was weekend. A perfect, they pulled yeah, perfect, it off. Yeah, but you know it's regular dry race. Like it's it's not it's gonna be very procedural. Uh, Vegas, I mean, it was just like any other Formula One race last year. It, was, it had some amount of excitement, but by and large, didn't have it. But it's all about the the spectacle of the event, and you have spectacle at the five hundred. You have spectacle at Long Beach. That's it. Don't come at me with Road America. It's it's a it's a very good event. Uh, people turn out in droves. I get it. It's not a spectacle. And we talk about IndyCar needed to take that next step and take some risks and get some huge, big events in in to rival Cup and, and even Formula One or at least show that they're trying. And you just lost one of them for another oval that not very many people are going to show up. And quite frankly, I'm not confident in IndyCar being to put to, able to put together a package that races well there. As you mentioned, it wasn't like it raced well before. No. Now, they're still going to do the pit stop competition downtown, and they're going to have rooftop race weekend parties, but without yeah. access right by the track. Yeah. Just, how big of a draw is that? And they're going to do the music in the midway and all that. I understand. Look, they, they got to convert they, it and yeah. do the best they can, but it's just, it's not the same thing. No, not far from it. it it's, no, it's, it's. It's not good. People that are excited about the Oval, I get it, but it's like incredibly, incredibly short-sighted. IndyCar went from having, of course, the Indy 500 is their marquee event every year. You throw in Long Beach as the, the 1B to the Indy 500's 1A. You had Nashville season finale and Thermal, which I get fans are upset about Thermal, but at least it's something different and IndyCar's trying, trying something. trying something, yeah. It may not be for Now us, you, you lost something. one of those things, mm-hmm. and you lost perhaps the the most enticing part of that group as far as the, the additions, because thermal is not an event for fans, whereas Nashville is still going to be an event yeah. for fans. Well, it's just, very, very accessible to the fan base as well. Thermal right. is not except for people in Southern California yeah. and for the ultra wealthy. I don't care how Nashville raced. I actually like Nashville. You and I kind of agreed with it. The, um, the unpredictability and chaos. I don't want every race like that, but that was fun. Um, I'm perfectly fine with chaos being part of the season finale. Isn't that part of the, I would rather that be than a processional race around an oval that doesn't race well. Um, so you had an event downtown Nashville that was the envy of other series. And there are very few events that IndyCar has. And now one of those has gone away probably for good. Yes. We move on with other events slash potential events. Argentina off the table, not a viable option uh, for this year, according to Mark Miles. We all knew once Argentina had their presidential election based on the results, and then you had MotoGP canceling uh, recently. That race scheduled for April. They canceled. You pretty much knew the writing was on the wall for IndyCar in Argentina. Not to say they can't come back in the future, but... We know how these yeah. things work. You have a couple of year buildup, kind of like IndyCar had with Australia. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, Australia is nowhere near the radar now, to put that in perspective. Yeah. Now, as long as Ricardo Juncos is involved in the series, there will be that chance. But if it's not happening this year, what would lead you to think it's happening next year? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you kind of look at it as if we don't know the exact exact situation, but we can guess that, okay, 
it would be federally funded. A lot of it would be federally funded. If the president of Argentina has looked at this and say, we're cutting back on things like this, like MotoGP, and we're not investing in IndyCar, what changes next year or the year after? Um, I mean, I think you would need a tremendous boost to the Argentina economy for maybe them to open up the coffers to do that. And, you know, every every politician wants to come in and one of his one of his or her goals is to cut spending. Right. People love that phrase. Oh, we're going to cut spending. Well, IndyCar and MotoGP were uh, victims of that uh, cut spending. So I don't see it happening anytime soon. I don't think this is just a one year delay to get the logistics figured out. I think this is a probably not happening in the foreseeable future type thing. Yeah. It's just the reality, like we talked about with Nashville and the new mayor. Again, that was a privately funded event. And the way we understood it, this also would have a lot of private funding and sponsorship, but it was still going to take some state money from Argentina to pull it off. And with the change in leadership, that was the writing on the wall. Once MotoGP canceled, you knew there was no no shot right. that IndyCar was ever going to race in Argentina this year so. It is what it is. You move on, and we move on to other topics because so many stories came out this week. Uh, well, um, and, and, and it was just a one after another. Just it, it was like we were the nail, and and hammer just kept getting hammered lower and lower <laughs> as things kept coming out. Then you had uh, before all this, you had David Malukas. A report came out that he was involved in a mountain biking crash the previous weekend. Well, then he had surgery. He is out for. About six weeks uh, after that mountain biking crash. And so he had, it was to repair torn ligaments and his dislocated left wrist, according to the Aaron McLaren team. Um, he'll have six week recovery timeline following the removal of his stitches on February 22nd. So again, they're going to have to have a driver replacement for him for St. Pete and likely thermal as well. And with that, you kind of wonder, you know, who's that person to fill in? I mean, immediately the, the name who comes to mind for me is Callum Eilat. There was even a report that he was having a seat fitting, but his girlfriend countered that on social media saying, no, he's in Italy right now. He's not, not at the shop doing a seat fitting. Yeah. That was Jennifer Fryer putting in that. Um, she said she believed he, um, he's going to be in Indianapolis area to get a McLaren seat fitting ahead of a test at Homestead. And uh, was it his girlfriend that responded? I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> said, no, we're in Italy. <laughs> and so uh, that kind of put the kibosh on that. But maybe when he gets back from Italy, he'll head to McLaren to get a seat fitting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So again, wish him best of luck in his recovery. It's unfortunate that's how his season is starting his out. McLaren where McLaren career able to, to starts race. off. Not yeah. ideal, but you know, one of those freak things. Then we have Takuma Sato. Confirmed as the fourth entry for Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing for the Indianapolis 500. Amada America is the sponsor. There were rumors that Sato could maybe go to coin. that The kibosh put on that last week goes to where we figured he'd end up to begin with. And that is at Rahal, who'll be in the number 75 entry. So he's gone back to Rahal again, obviously won the 500 there. In 2020, nearly won it in 2012. This is a much improved team and driver lineup year over year. Uh, is it kibosh or kibosh? I think it can be either one. Okay, because I say kibosh. kibosh. You said kibosh. I, I said just kibosh. Make sure yeah, I was potato, wrong. potato. Yeah, 
But um, yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, you got to have m- recent memory of of Ray Hall missing the five hundred. I mean, yeah, he backed in, but what's this team look like at uh, in May at the five hundred with, with four with four drivers? You you hope that it's considerably improved. We saw improvement um, over the latter half of the year. But it's still the biggest test of the season. We don't know what RLL is going to look like comparatively to what they did previous years, uh, especially of late. So it's probably the best one-off driver you can get, a multi-time Indianapolis 500 winner, of course. I think this more has to do with where's RLL's program come May because I think Takuma Sato is a guy, obviously, that's going to send it, uh, maybe make some some crazy moves here or there, but that's his mindset. and. And uh, if he's in the right place at the right time, it could turn out. But uh, the, the hope, the expectation is that ROL is a little bit more competitive next May. So rounding out the grid, so we look at where we're at, possibly a third entry for AJ Foyt. And that could be about it. Coin does not intend to run a third entry. They still haven't announced their first two full season yeah, entries. Full-time entries. <laughs> at that. We figured there was a chance that would happen this week. Well, we had plenty of Come other on, we're news. We're like three weeks away. Come yeah. on, Coin. Um, they are having conversations. It's, uh, according to Racer.com, said to require quite a bit of funding. Could you see a situation where Coin says we're just going to run one full-timer? Because my thing is, like, if, if you don't even have the funding to announce one, and we're like three weeks away. But those leader circle entries are worth true. quite a bit. That's true. But That's point. I don't believe that uh, Did one of them not qualify? For yeah, last I don't year? think one of them qualified last year. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just like, like Dale, like if you don't have the money, and you're still you're still looking for money for two, like, and you cobble together enough funding for one at this point. And I know that's not ideal. You want two guys out there and you know, multiple uh, banks of data and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, like, if you're like three weeks away. You might want to just okay. We may add a second later, but we're just going to run roll with one at this point. I mean, it's a running joke, TBA, but like behind the scenes, like, come on. The Stingray Rob entry did not get leader circle money. So that's probably why it's requiring uh, some funding and it's going down to the wire because they're trying to put that together. But as far as Foyt, they're looking at it. I think it's going to come down to, again, who brings the biggest check? Uh, Some names thrown out there. Uh, it previously been Jer Hildebrand. Um, that's one to, to keep on the radar. Uh, he has history there. So Nolan Siegel has brought some money. He's sniffing around trying to find something. Yeah, I just don't see him. Getting I, his I don't necessarily I mean, either. Stefan Wilson. Yeah. Would have a chance there. Those are some of the people as far as, you know, who could fill in an, an extra entry now with Sato confirmed, but there's just, there's not a lot left. And, but yes, uh, Catherine Leg also mentioned as well. So th- those are the names on the short list, and this could possibly be the the final entry. And the third car at Foyt would be what the thirty sixth entry. Once all is that would be thirty six or thirty five. It would be thirty six. Okay, if both of those. Well, if you have one? two at Coin plus a third at Foyt. Okay. Got but you. again, I I, I think thirty five is the more realistic number. Probably. I would say so. So there's not a lot left. And again, coin no interest in a third car. So I mean, the third the third at Foyt is the the one entry. And again, with the Penske partnership, 
The Technical yeah. Alliance, it's a more interesting group to run for, even if it is a third car, plus you know the engineering upgrades they made last year and how much success and how much speed they had. So it, it is it is really, they can just sit and wait for the highest bidder, and if they're able to get someone who can provide the funding that they want, I'm sure they'll pull the trigger, and Chevy has the engine leases available. Honda, it's more of a, it's got to be a special circumstance, I think, for there to be another entry at this stage in the game with how many they already have. No, uh, I, I think I think it doesn't make sense for Coin. I, I quite frankly, I don't think it makes sense for Foyt, but it sounds like uh, at this point it'd be likely. All right, so that, we made it through just the headline stories of the week. There's still so much else to come uh, in news and notes, but first. If you agree or disagree with us, and I'm sure you do regarding Nashville, I'm sure you have a strong opinion either way. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can interact with us, new track record podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email on social media, IndyCar podcast on Twitter slash X and Instagram on Facebook. Just search for new track record on the website, new track record podcast.com. Uh, you can sign up for the email list so you never miss an episode or any special announcements. Plus, we have t-shirts and stickers for sale in the store. Uh, shout out to, I believe it was Kevin from Wisconsin. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Just uh, bought a sticker. So. Nice. And as always, you can support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash new track record. Uh, starting at just $1 a month. Thanks to Xavier and others for their support every month. And of course, as always, you can... Listen to the podcast, download it for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen to podcasts, all for free. All right. That said, time for the mailbag. And of course, we have a lot to get to to. this week on the mailbag because of, well, everything that's going on. Hi, V. and, And this is fun. Hy-Vee sponsorship of the IndyCar oh, yeah, doubleheader at the uh, Speedway runs through this year. Now in discussions with NASCAR to sponsor this year's Cup Series race weekend in some form as well. <laughs> that from Adam Stern and that that quote from an article uh, that was a Hy-Vee executive uh, spokesperson talking about that. A Scuba Steve eighty five said IndyCar should leak that they're in talks to return to NOLA. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get people talking. Uh, Hunter's Way 67 said, well, because Iowa, goodbye in a year or two, just great. And N.K. Harden said, glad Iowa and hy had the chance to practice with IndyCar. Well, it's, and that's kind of what it is, right? We saw Gateway practice with IndyCar. Yeah. It, it led, to, led to a cup date. Now that's their most, most important race. And same thing's going to happen in Iowa. And for good reason, people. I mean, you they get these tracks get tens of millions of dollars per race that they host NASCAR. It makes total sense what they do. It it's a it's a kick in the gonads every time it happens, but this is reality. And these these tracks, especially ovals in the United States, their their ultimate goal is to host NASCAR. It's not IndyCar because IndyCar doesn't pay compared to NASCAR. Their ultimate goal is to get a cup date. And Gateways pulled it off. Iowa's pulling it off. It's just. Um, you just have to shake your head and roll with it because it's it's unfortunately reality in the motorsports world of where IndyCar is in the hierarchy. I just don't see a scenario where Hy-Vee is doing two of these mega events a year, one for NASCAR, one for IndyCar. So um, it's been fun at Iowa. 
Uh, but it could be coming in pretty soon. Yeah, and we, I felt like we saw the writing on the wall when the CEO who brought Hy-Vee on board, you know, several years ago when he stepped right. down, Randy Etiker, I want to say was his name. They've kept it going to our surprise. That's positive, but doesn't feel good. Yeah, and we've we've said for a couple of years, it's like the only reason why they're in Iowa is because of Hy-Vee. So it's not like, oh, they'll find somebody else. Like, no, Hy-Vee is the financier for that entire weekend. And they're not going to do two. They're not. Not the amount of money that they're pumping in to get these these musical acts. There's just no way. Maybe one year. That's it. Uh, this from Dopazo Rodrigo. Uh, this in response to last week's episode about the guaranteed starting spots. Uh, just imagine sponsoring a car that is slower than someone who got bumped just because you paid for your spot and only to be trailing all day long in the greatest spectacle and racing the day after. You'd be the laughing sock of the entire racing world. With the gif of uh, Mr. Rogers putting on the clown mask. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be like, you know what? We're still getting paid. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're getting their leadership circle money. I, I guess so. I'm sure you'd be real proud. Check clears. Uh, this on the Nashville news. Uh, I, I said, what? Hey, at least another oval. That was tongue in cheek. Yeah, that was tongue in cheek. And people I, I were like super people, excited about it. I don't know if people caught no, on. No, that's that. like I'm shaking my head at the amount of people that were excited. You when knew this that news was tongue in cheek, yes. right? Okay. But like the amount of people that were excited that, yes, we're going away from the streets of Nashville and going to an oval was just like absurd to me. Beans B card blog. Interesting, especially for teams that have rides split between oval and road street drivers. How does that affect sponsorship ride costs? Hmm. Great point. Uh, the Roth said, what a step back for what is supposed to be a marquee event as your season finale. Either a massive mistake in planning scheduling or a bait and switch on the fans. What did IndyCar know and when did they know it? Unfortunately, I feel like they found out probably a week ago that this was a possibility. Yeah, who knows? I mean, but it, I, no, I think IndyCar knew before that because Marshall Pruitt has said he's been hearing rumors for a while that the event was going to go away. So if he knows things, IndyCar surely knows mm. things. NK Harden says, I'm all for new ovals but I hate, hate in all caps, this takes away one of the biggest street race events of the year. I seriously wonder if they ever go back to the streets, watch NASCAR come in and take the event away. Well, exactly, that's exactly what we've been how saying, we feel. right? Uh, VV, uh, high even bother. Uh, honestly, that's very cool. So they're thrilled for it. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I just... Uh, I understand. Everyone has their mixed reactions. And I'm usually not the negative one, but... <laughs> I've been very negative about this. Yeah. Uh, Poet Shevchenko saying, I think this is very good news that the Indy Lights drivers will get some high-speed oval experience. That is true. That's one positive. Um, continuing on with other thoughts on this. Nick underscore booth 50. Nashville will be replaced with another massive street race next year is my guess. And will be kept on the oval if the turnout is good. Um, I, think I hope so. Yeah, I guess. I hope. I guess I just I don't have much. What makes anybody confidence. think? Yeah, what makes anybody think that the series can pull that off? Huh? What makes you really think that a lot of people are going to go to Nashville Super Speedway for that race? Because here's the thing: is like how many people can afford? Like if if you're going to a race, you're either going to pick you usually pick the Indy 500 and then you know a couple other races. Yeah, right. So if you're going to Indy and Milwaukee, you're probably not going to Nashville. Or if you're going to Iowa and Indy. Probably not going to Nashville. If you're going to Road America and Milwaukee, probably not going to Nashville. Like, I don't know. Let's just put it this way. I was interested in, was 
likely going to go to Nashville. Yeah, now brother lives in Knoxville, right? Yeah, and and we've gone to the Nashville race a couple times uh, with some other friends included. And but the whole reason of why we wanted to go was because of it being on Broadway and the yeah, location, experience the, and the experience, the honky tonks, and all that stuff, and walk around downtown and Broadway and on the Oval. No, yeah. and and one of my friends is is uh, is in laws live like outside of Lebanon and. And he's like, no, I, I wouldn't even go to that. There's just like, and he would have a free place to stay. Right. And, and, and there are, I guarantee you, there are more examples of your situation of not going now, as opposed to people going, oh, it's at the oval now. Now I'm going to go. I guarantee you there are less people on that side of things. More responses on the, you know, we like another oval, but we also like marquee events to put any car on the map. You posted that. I paraphrase there. Chad underscore 15 said, I think they will draw well. It doesn't take much to fill stands at Nashville. It's not the size of Texas in terms of seating. That is the one positive. It is a right-sized track in terms of capacity on an oval for IndyCar outside of, yeah, course, the Indy they, 500. They can't fill Gateway anymore. They can't fill yeah. Iowa. Those are similar-sized places. That is true. Milwaukee, I mean, is that going to be full? So this year feels like the biggest bet on the future of ovals for IndyCar outside, of course, the Indy 500 that we've ever seen. It, it uh, feels it, very make or break. It, it, yeah, that's a great point. And I think maybe another podcast will, will expand upon it because it's a good good point because there are several ovals that are like, okay, put up or shut up type thing. And it's not really the the tracks itself. It's the fans. You wanted this. You wanted six of the final eight races being ovals. Now you better get your asses to races. We'll see if they do. Yeah. I have I, my doubts. I do as well. Jeremy from HBG saying... Or the downtown track design was so compromised by construction plans that even the guys who made the first layout thought, hey, this isn't going to work. Anyone have plan Q? Well, I think that is what happened. But I think what we've learned. We need more details than, oh, construction. Yeah. Okay. Tell us what happened. Luke BS 37 said, fully agree. Not going to lie in terms of the, you know, this being uh, taken away a marquee event. Also Grizz 814 IndyCar was not at fault here, but the oval will be mostly empty. So we're not alone in our fears of what this event will or will not be. Uh, Nick underscore booth 50 said, are you buying tickets? And it's like, well, I was interested. You were interested. Not anymore. Uh, Also adds, if you ever went to the Music City GP the past few years, it was rough to get around. I I didn't really have issues. That wasn't really. They had plenty of bridges. Um, the first year was crazy because the first year of an event, and that's just what happens right. for those things. But after that, I mean, it rained <laughs> year two, yeah, and then I I couldn't make it last year. But in year two, when it rained, like you just you stood under the the concourse in the Titan Stadium because that was open and it was fine, and they got going. I just I I never heard that that Nashville was any more difficult to get around than any other street course, but could be wrong. Yeah, I I never got that impression. I thought it was actually fine. Um, more thoughts on Nashville because, of course, that's the highlight that's the for the week. Topic of the week. Uh, Christo saying, "I hope the people show up." Uh, my another mostly oval track. If not, what a way to end the season. The downtown racetrack wasn't the most exciting, but the optics on TV would have been great. That's precisely that's that's what you said. Uh. Racer Mac RTP one saying, and that is how eventually Cup gets back to Motegi in Long Beach. Sees Fenders on Sunday with IMSA on Saturday. That's with Honda. <laughs> Didn't get to this yet. Remains and talks about oh, the possibility of joining one. NASCAR. 
And mm. negotiations at a fourth OEM are heating up. That's talking NASCAR, not IndyCar. So when you talk about Honda and they are were invested in Formula One, then they were leaving. Now they're not. Now they're staying. And now you have Honda interested in NASCAR. And all of the discussion with IndyCar has been, we're going to bail. So, oh man, it's like I said, it's like we are the nail this week and just getting hammered. Hammered. Everything is awesome, right? Uh, yeah. But take hey, trading cards. Trading cards. Hey, well, Things uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, actually. Okay. Someone made a great joke on that. And uh, we love the trading cards. Look, we, know, we do. It's not as, it, you know, if that's your off-season highlight, there's a problem. Uh, Daguerre said, you're lucky with your timing of this week's recording, right? With a smiley face, Malukas injury, Nashville, Super Speedway, no race in Argentina. Other IndyCar-related podcasts were not so lucky with a, a wink face. Yeah, we're... Sometimes, on top of this, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That's yes, what I replied. And that's back. largely what um, carries this podcast. Is, yes, is luck. luck for sure. But yeah, the, the I sent that that Honda to you, and I could almost hear the exasperated <laughs> yeah uh, reaction from I you. I think it just responded, "Ugh." I think it was like, <laughs> I think it was like, "Are you like some of like, Ugh, are you serious or <laughs> no way or something like that?" I said, "Hey, Adam Stern never lies." No. And uh, it was just, it was piling on because it was the same day as the Nashville yes. thing. Yeah, that was, was in the evening. That was yes, after everything. It was just like everything was coming to it. What oh, a day. It was brutal. Uh, this is from R. Cole, but we now have trading cards, so everything is going great. Yes, which we praise the the, the Remember these big off season announcements. Yes. Uh, trading cards, 100 Days to Indie Back, Paramount Plus, International Distribution, Nashville moving from Broadway to Nashville Super Speedway. Uh, oh, oops. Wait, what? Wait, oh, wait. Well, <laughs> that what, one doesn't belong. Say? And, you know, today we record this on Thursday. It was the CW put it out, you know, season two. Of, yep. Of, yeah. Okay. That's that's great, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Season two premieres April 26th, uh, 9 to 10 p.m. Unfortunately, that's on a Friday night. It'll run weekly on the CW during a special sports programming block. That's the good good sign. Yeah. And again, the, the streaming element for season one. Uh, it's continuing. That's all I care about. Yeah, that, that it's good. It's continuing. I, I don't necessarily like the format, but it's something is better than nothing. And I thought it was well done last year. Uh, yeah, speaking the production of, was phenomenal. Speaking of TV, Jeremy from HBG, uh, Fox's only streaming platform is the recently announced Sports Chunk thing that will be more expensive than Peacock. That is after Fox has emerged as a serious contender for IndyCar broadcast rights. That was another fascinating article because it did break down that new um, bulk sports package that's going to be available come in the fall that doesn't include NBC or no. USA, but it does include... Or CBS and correct, Paramount Plus. But it does include Fox and FS1 and FS2. So that's it. I mean, how serious is serious? It sounded pretty damn serious in Marshall's article. And... You could look at the potential there. They do that. What is it? A daily race hub show? On I FS1? believe so. I'm not saying IndyCar needs a daily show, but could we get a weekly IndyCar show on FS1? Um, Bring back IndyCar Live. There you, there you go. <laughs> um, IndyCar on 36, Versus, maybe. No, no, IndyCar Live on like Versus way back. Oh gosh, that was. T- you remember that? I do remember that. It was like their studio show. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I think there's opportunity with Fox. I, I really do. The, I, the Fox Sports CEO, Eric Shanks, born in Indiana. so Was a guest last year yeah, with the 500 that or helps. a race or something like that. Like I think this is genuine interest here. And they would have the ability to one-up NBC as far as motorsports rights. And, well, because they're losing a chunk of their cup rights 
Starting yes. with the new TV deal. They're yes. losing like 10 races, Yeah, right? starting with, they're not going to have the Coke 600, which that blew me away. Which was usually their last race mm-hmm. before they handed things over to, uh, what, NBC or TNT, whoever yeah. it was. But, um, but now it's going to be like Amazon Prime and TNT. Yeah. But here's the thing with, with IndyCar. We know how IndyCar operates in these things. The offer from, or the bid for the rights has to be substantially more that Fox puts out than IndyCar, than, than NBC. Because IndyCar hates change. We see it with, you know, every time, I'm going to say every time, but last time we had a, a, a chassis competition. Remember that? It was like 40 years ago, it feels like. And they said, okay, everybody turn. What did they go with? Delara. Like, they, they don't like change. Like, if, if unless the offer is insane money, like upwards of $10 million more than what NBC is offering, I don't think any car switches. Because they're like, oh, NBC's been good to us and blah, 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 and all this crap. They're just afraid to take a leap, which I think there's more potential if you went to Fox. I agree. And sometimes the, the change is needed. If the money is close, I say you stick with NBC, but if you're getting a solid bump, substantial bump, yeah, you, you make the change. And here's the thing is, is the trend. And I know two years doesn't make a trend, but more races going to USA this year. Uh, does that trend continue? And quite frankly, Fox sports one is a better, uh, alt, like alternative station to have your non-network races than USA. It's similar to when NBC had NBCSN. That was a better option than USA. And and of course with this with this uh, you know bulk uh, package of of quote unquote sports networks that you're able to get now, and and NBC and USA isn't even a part of it. Uh, that's a big thing as well. So I, I hope. We've heard multiple entities interested, but this is the first article where we've gotten a, a, somebody other than NBC that's making a, a real big effort to maybe get those rights. At the very least, could it drive the cost up a little bit for IndyCar? You Hopefully, hope, yeah. right? Could it get up into the $30 million range, $35 million range? I think that'd be phenomenal, even if NBC retains it. So it's a good good position to have if you have multiple suitors that are interested in offering money we'll see where this goes quickly news and notes chip ganassi racing has added root insurance uh to the team now they were on ryan hunter ray's indy 500 car last year they'll be at select races on the number 11 uh for marcus armstrong and the number 10 of alex Pillow. in fact they unveiled armstrong's ridgeline green car very similar to what we saw previously but looks good they unveiled that earlier this week uh, Pato Award is doing his special ticket package for the Indy 500 because no Texas Motor Speedway this year. Um, you can watch the race in one of the suites on the front straight. Uh, tickets on his shop page, patricioawardshop.com. Um, so that's how you can get the info there for that. Austin Sindrick, of course, son of Team Penske President Tim Sindrick, competing in the Daytona 500 this weekend. And his helmet will have a tribute to Gilles DeFerrin. Um, Really, really cool helmet. Really cool tribute for him on there. And then tweets of the week. It's just one tweet. And it is from the Tim Durham. It's the fastest 33 cars. And of course, it's the meme of Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy. (laughs) Which made its its rounds this week uh, post-Super Bowl. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Random split era driver of the week time. All right. You, you, we have what? 2005 champ, champ car. car. Is that what we have? And I, 
Uh, we figured out who it was. I gave you the name, and then you figured out how to say it. Yes. Ryan Diol. Or sorry, DL. Wow, I already screwed up. Ryan DL <laughs> is the the driver from 2005 and Champ Car. He ran one race for Dale Coin Racing that re- that year. Just one race at Toronto. Top 10. But, you know, when there's only 15 cars out there. Now, he did run for Pacific Coast Motorsports and Champ Car in 2007. In the final season, handful of top 10s. You got to remember, they had like 17 cars on the grid. Right. Best finish of 7th at Toronto that year as well. Um, but uh, he missed uh, the race in San Jose. Um, he did finish 10th in uh, the TT Circuit Assen, the, the race in Netherlands. Yep. Didn't compete in Surfers, though, or Mexico City to close out that season. Uh, but that's it. He ran in Atlantic for a handful of years, won a couple of races in 2003, uh, a lot more in 2004 for Sierra Sierra Racing, finished second both those years in the Atlantic Championship, which, of course, a was really the better championship than Lights for quite some time right. before it went away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just one race in 2005 and then a handful in 2007. Interestingly, he he raced in Daytona prototypes after he was done in Champ Car and his teammate Henry Zogaib, Zogaib, I don't know how to say his name. Uh they competed in the inaugural season of Super League Formula. Uh one year later in 2009, Zogaib was became was under investigation for operating a Ponzi scheme in which he reportedly conned what's his name? Dalil DL. DL. He conned DL and his father out of $550,000. No details on how, but um, that's interesting. Former teammates, and he was running a Ponzi scheme. I guess he you know, got DL to buy, buy into something hook, line, and sinker, and then had to pay him back six figures. But that was the uh, maybe one of the post-champ car highlights or lowlights. Wait, 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 was this a Paul Gentilozzi special? What's that? Paul Gentilozzi? No, it was no. not Paul Gentilozzi. No, it's involved. not. Okay, because no. he also was known for ripping drivers off. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> Wasn't that, but um, did some extreme, he did some uh, LMP2 in the MC United Sports Car Championship. He with, with, was with Scott Sharp in 2014 as a co-driver in prototypes. And he's continued in the FIA World Endurance Championship and still racing uh, in and out of things, still just 41 years old. So um, has been a, he's racing with ERA Motorsport this year in IMSA WeatherTech sports cars in LMP2. Very successful in sports cars. Yes, very much so. But I definitely was aware of him in, in 2005. That was a thin year in Champ Car. But um, look, guys got seats. You, you take advantage. He, he took advantage of the opportunities that he had in that era. But it, as always in racing, it probably comes yeah. down to funding, right? So, well, yeah, and it didn't it turn didn't, out. didn't work out. An open, open wheel, wheel, but it certainly has in sports cars. Yeah, definitely. And uh, won the 24 hours of Daytona way back in 2010. So this week's random split era driver of the week from Scotland, Ryan DeLeal. All right. Ryan DL. Dang it. <laughs> Ryan DL. It doesn't even look like Watch us DL. both be wrong. And I looked no, it up. No, it's in Wikipedia. Oh, I'm, well, but I, I'm. I shouldn't say Wikipedia because Wikipedia is wrong, but it yeah. is DL. Uh, born 12 April 1982. So. Ryan DL, yes, he's our random splitter driver of the week. Hopefully next week less insane, but hopefully noteworthy on a more positive. Maybe more positive level. next week. We could uh, go for that. For Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Batch. Thanks for joining us on New Track Record Podcast.
podcast by Federated Media.